I believe, a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for 200 plus years, and we get to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots can have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. This is Rick, your host, and I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. Join us now for the Blessed Teach Show, and let's see what God is doing today. This Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, welcome to the Blessed Teach Show. We're going to be talking about McConnell's full exposure uh, bites and a prophetic word to some other information we're seeing here on McConnell uh, being the rhino that he is, really coming out um, fully exposed. And then seeing that about, uh, we, we have Trump's ice director, Tom Holman, coming on live at the bottom of the hour. That's exciting because um, I hadn't seen Tom since so we were on the bus in Israel together. Again, we did a kind of a border tour of Israel, did, a, did, uh, did the life walk of Jesus, about 50% of it, about 50% of it was looking at all the borders in, in, in uh, Israel, where it clearly shows you can, you, can, you can secure your borders pretty easily using these newer technologies, et cetera. It was an amazing trip. So we'll get more details from um, Donald, I mean, from uh, Donald J. Trump's ICE director, Tom Holman here at the bottom of the hour. That's pretty exciting. So let's dig into some breaking news here. Um, we're going to right now talk about Mitch McConnell and just what's going on here. We got McConnell's in winter inside GOP leaders attempt to thwart Trump. So even this is political.com, right? So if, if when the mainstream media is actually catching on that McConnell is actually thralting Trump. It's pretty pretty big news, right? <laughs> uh, so this is from last week at this article. Uh, but you see Carrie Lake here talking about um, uh, he rips, she rips Mitch McConnell's mental health. Something going on. You probably saw, I showed you that on a live clip where he was actually um, just frozen for literally like 30 plus seconds before somebody had to go rescue him. So this guy is completely... Um, you know, uh, maybe more than Biden in some ways when it comes to where you can't even speak for large periods of time. That was pretty wild. And uh, so, and as Carrie Lake calls that out, obviously she's been attacked right and left. But we'll get into a prophetic word that talks about all the, the, him being completely exposed as not a Republican, right? As, as basically helping the Biden administration in a variety of areas. And we'll dig into that. Hey, this episode is sponsored by Share Healthcare. Again, guys, this is a this is an incredible little program. I'm not going to play the sound here, but 
uh, Share Health Care is something that I literally got rid of my cabal insurance and went to Share Health Care. And I encourage you to look into this as you think about your next insurance enrollment, right? Uh, should this be supplemental? Should this be just be a replacement for you? But to have a Christian sharing program that allows you to use natural doctors, that's the key to this. Remember, we're finding out that the medical cartel forces you into big pharma approaches and the truth about cancer and all these natural natural paths, uh, these functional medicine doctors, all these different approaches are way better and way more effective uh, in the long run for your body. So uh, to actually get to the share healthcare accounts and uh, being able to, to, to cover you for major incidences just makes sense. It's about a, a literally a third of the price of what normal insurance would be for you, which is a contractor, and they don't pay a big percentage of it anyway. And when they do pay, it's for big pharma medicine and big pharma doctors, right? When they will not pay almost all of them for natural type doctors. So uh, that's the Rockefeller plan. They're going to even now start censoring. Google's not even going to put independent media in, and they're not going to allow people like Dr. McConnell, Dr. McCullough, all these people to be, uh, to be able to talk about the truth. You know, Dr. Artists are going to become completely censored. So if you want to be to use truth, you got to go that direction. Hey, also I wanted to offer you guys a special, um, a special deal on something that is 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 uh, incredibly important to me, and that is if you go to blessedteach.com. Not only do you get the free show notes and the, and we talked about backstage being a, a pay forward model now, etc. I wanted to highlight the training. I've been called to basically be a truth teller and an equipper of the saints, right? That's why I love to teach. And Blessed Teach comes because I get blessed when I teach, right? Well, I pulled together a full course on really helping us during this time. So for red-pilled Christian patriots that really want help waking up their friends, want help uh, connecting with their friends, want help being able to quickly be able to defend the reliability of the Bible, want help to actually be able to share the gospel with people, want help to know what your calling is, all that stuff all wrapped up into a four-week online course you can do self-paced for you on your own. It's called the Impactor for Truth course. So when you go to the blessedtoteach.com page and you hit training, you will see right here, if you are on a mobile kind of show like this, and you'll hold the training tab, Obviously, we have all these other things like the, the store was where all the Patriot stores are. The neighborhood is where we, we congregate. The backstage is where you can come on backstage on Zoom and have a bunch of other benefits. Again, that's a pay-forward model. You can get on for free now. All this stuff. But the training is what I really want to emphasize. This is where I'm helping equip you guys and pull together this where, um, again, you can do a self-paced four-week class on yourself. I mean, where it takes a couple hours during the week. Right, that's all it takes, two to three hours during the week. And then we have live training with me every Tuesday night right now. And uh, again, we'll move that around to better better times for people. It's now at 7.30 CST, it'll be tonight. We'll be going over one of the modules. Um, and so to have live training and to be able to do this, but this is important for you to master how to bond and awaken those uh, you, you love with ease, to share God's good news with confidence, prepare yourself for the Lord's and the great harvest. If you really want to know how God's called you and how he's going to use you, this is a great online self-paced course that you will love. I've got very good feedback on this. This is something I created like three or four years ago, and we've updated it now with the newest information for such a time as this. So come and become an impactor for truth. Again, that would be going to blessedteach.com and hitting there. Okay, a lot of breaking news. Let's get into this. National Archives reveals it has 5,400 Biden emails in which the president potentially used fake names to forward government information and discuss business with son Hunter. <laughs> and here's some of the bullet points. Nara 
has acknowledged holding around 5,400 emails, electronic records, and documents suggesting President Biden used pseudonyms while Obama's VP. We know Biden not only did this, but we know Obama did this as well. And this is where, when this all comes out, this is the D-class we've been waiting for for so long, right? Uh, but now it's hinting at this getting into the American psyche. The existence of emails came to light in response to the Freedom of Information Act request submitted in June 2022. Emails are con connected with the aliases Robin Ware, Robert Peters, and J.R.B. Ware, all pseudonyms the 80-year-old president was known to utilize while serving. So when this all comes out, when those actual emails, I mean, uh, it's already pretty obvious this two-tier justice system is trying to protect this. But, but American citizens are going to start demanding this, even the ones that are now sleeping, right? Biden administration seeks long-term Ukraine aid plan to prevent next president from scaling back funding. Uh, yeah, this, this is, shows you how deep this cabal goes, right? They, they need they, Trump throws a lot of assets, other assets, and was bleeding them dry when it comes to their funding sources that they normally have, right? And uh, so Biden came in and released most of that back up, but still they took a big hit those four years. And now they, they need this foreign funding, such as Ukraine, with all the kickbacks that are associated with it, just like the Iran deal, where, where, where billions of cash went into all those different planes that landed in Iran, right? That, that money ends up in all these leaders' hands. They need this, this to bribe people. They need this to incent people to work for the globalist Luciferians, really, what it is, these secret societies, right? So they need all this funding. So here we have them looking at to, to where even when Trump comes in, they won't be able to, that this, this, this long-term funding is there for Ukraine. And obviously that's just not gonna work for them, guys, because we know um, this is all gonna come apart as a Red Sea moment hits that we've been talking about for quite some time. But it just shows you they're just not hiding it anymore, right? They're just not hiding it anymore. Here's proof that Trump's trials are election interference. A whole nother article on this. This, this and it details out what I was talking about last night on the show was the fact that they put Super Tuesday week, Monday, as a trial date. And it show, also shows that this judge is, uh, is corrupt, right? I mean, to, to, to allow that to happen, right? Because everybody was resisting this, saying it needs to be a 2026 um, because of the amount of data in this is, 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 is overwhelming, right? And so to sit in a trial date that, um, um, on Super Tuesday shows that the judge is, col is, is collaborating with the cabal to try to do election interference here. And um, that's obviously not working real well for them. And there's a detail. You'll find that all in the show notes. Again, the show notes are free. Just go to blessedteach.com there in the front page. You can sign up for, for uh, the free show notes. And then you just hit the tabs to get to the various things. Training, oh, by the way, that training is like a $300 to $400 course um, that people have paid that in the past for. Um, and uh, we are now have turned it all to a pay anything you would like, right? It's more like, hey, if you are, are being blessed right now, go ahead and, and pay uh, a few hundred dollars or more. Um, if, uh, if, if you go, go into, the, again, the Impactor for Truth course, you can pray, pay as little as $7 for the whole entire four weeks plus the live training that's every, every week, right? Again, we'll be doing that tonight, this live training. If you go ahead and join, um, you don't have to be, take any of the course to be able to learn and, and understand from the live training I'll be doing tonight from 7.30 to 8.30. All right, that is, a, uh, but, but still shows you how this is backfiring, how this part is backfiring on them is uh, this whole judge uh, Kutkin 
And again, it says, Mr. Trump, likely any defendant will have to make the trial date work regardless of his schedule. So they put it on the worst week on purpose, right? So he can't be campaigning and doing any rallies during that week. That is a, a total election interference and the judge colluding with them on it. Now, what's interesting, though, um, um, as, as, we, as we look at this next thing where Trump's talking about, it, please realize that all of these indictments and lawsuits against me are con Conceived and run by radical left Democrats, the same lunatics that are destroying our country. Is that not true? <laughs> the same, uh, the, the same Secretary of State and these Attorney Generals that are allowing the criminals to go free on zero bond, right? As, as they hold January 6 people without trial for years. It's just like wow. Talk about two-tiered justice system. The indictments and litigation are highly partisan election interference. Now we are in a partially corrupt system of justice no question filled up with marxist fascist communist and radical left democrats but also with great american patriots who see what is happening to our country and won't allow it to continue we will win this is where we just have to be massively involved as digital soldiers that's why i always ask you to like and share this because that's the only way we're going to get this message out i'm completely censored on facebook right now guys if you're listening to this on Facebook, I ask you to please move over to Rumble on a regular basis to watch this live. And the reason is, is because um, they are not giving notifications out. They're even muting my music now, right? <clears throat> Especially after the fact. So if you're watching this on Facebook on a on a rerun, you're only you're, you're when I play music, they're muting that, even though I have licenses for it from the CCCLI to do streaming, um, right? So uh, we'll we'll talk more about that as we go, Facebook people. But I'm asking people to move to the neighborhood versus Facebook and also move to rumble as kind of we, we got to create parallel societies right and that means everybody needs to commit to trying to move over to parallel um, freedom oriented platforms that's why we do rumble that's why we created the neighborhood.social neighborhood.social you can download on your phone right neighborhood.social you can you can uh, communicate with all anybody anybody that's on that platform with chat just like a Facebook messenger it works just like Facebook so it's very easy to use I think you guys will really enjoy it neighborhood.social as well as rumble Reuters I post poll Trump leads increased after the debate so so the big question was was this debate Trump not showing up is that gonna just sink him and uh, they had like over 250 million views on on Tucker Carlson right <laughs> it was crazy uh, blew away the ratings of Fox Right, and by the way, the Fox interview. One thing that was interesting about that, the very first question was about Oliver Anthony's song that I've been talking about. Right, it was all about the rich men north of Richmond. Obviously, north of Richmond, 200 miles is about is D.C. He's talking about D.C. Right, and that whole beautiful game-changing song that's uniting um, working-class people, regardless of whether they're Democrat or Republican or any other. Um, race or even in the, even across the world, it's 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 really doing that. But um, what so so they had that debate that that question was asked, which was really interesting because all the people that answered the question were saying, "Why is this resonating with so many people?" When it was talking about them on stage, right? It was talking about all the rhinos. It was talking about the Uniparty. It was talking about and 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 uh, DeSantis was given the, that first. It was supposed to help DeSantis because obviously Fox News is trying to help um, do get anybody in but Trump. Right, that's the way Fox News. Fox News is the rhino of mainstream media. 
If you're watching Fox News, I ask you to please cut the cord, move over. Um, I have a solution coming up for you guys that will allow you uh, to cut your costs on cable and still be able to see all the great independent programs that are going to be cut here soon. So you see here's this uh, former President Donald Trump leads Ron DeSantis by nearly 40 percentage points in the race for the Republican presidential nomination, even after declining to debate in Florida governor and other rivals, according to the Reuters IPSOS poll that closed Friday. And so it's just funny to see these new things. And now, now uh, even, even some of the rhinos um, reporters on Fox News are trying to say that that damaged him and it hurt him. And, and uh, it's just lies. It's just lies. We can see the results right here, right? GOP primary electorate sees Trump as more electable after Georgia arrest. First Republican debate. So, so what's what's all this doing to them? It's making Trump more popular. 62% of potential Republican primary voters said Trump has the best chance of beating Biden, matching a tracking high. Again, this is after the debate, after the Georgia arrest. We're seeing this all go up, and you can see this on this graph here. Those of you who are on the podcast, I mean the video podcast, and you can see it went, Trump's popularity is all, uh, uh, has been at 50%. Now, this is a, to a specific question that basically asked. Who do you think has the best chance of beating Joe Biden in 2024? Trump is up nine points from the last time this was asked uh, to, to 62%. DeSantis all the way down to 13%. Uh, Ramaswamy um, fell down all the way to 6%, which was interesting because um, he was really kind of moved into second place there for a while. Uh, but uh, and, and most people like Dan Bagino are saying that that Ramsmithy actually won the won the debate because he got so much. Uh, he was attacked so much by all the rhinos, but uh, not according to the to to a lot of the people who moved from Ramswamy to Trump during that. So that might have just backfired on you know pushing him up. But you can see this uh, this shows that over time from April 24th, he's been above 50% the entire time, and uh, you'll see almost all these other candidates. There, there's DeSantis falling from almost for over 25% at one time, all the way down to this new low of. 13%. And you see Trump, what happened these last week or two? Big upward trend. That's what happens when you indict him. That's what happens when he didn't show up for the debate and it was a low ratings event versus what happened with Tucker. So it was a brilliant move, worked well. I, I didn't think Trump did that well when I listened to it. I thought it was just the same stuff that he talks about. He didn't really let Tucker. He didn't answer the question a lot of time. It was just coming back to his points he always makes during his rallies. But that's we know we need him. Doesn't really matter how well he speaks. Uh, the fact is that he was just reiterating his success. He was, you know, just basically. Um, and, Tuck, and Tucker asked some some interesting questions, um, such as is does he thinks he's going to be uh, killed by the cabal and other other great questions, right? Uh, but Trump pretty much just came back on his talking points, <laughs> uh, which, which um, obviously everybody thought was pretty effective because otherwise there wouldn't be 250 million people watching it, right? <laughs> so, but somebody like us who watches all of it, right? You, you kind of just go, well, okay, yeah, that's he said that like 50 times now, uh, but uh, again, it's working. So why why change, right? Um, let's uh, let's move on to some other things. I wanted to let you know that uh, hopefully Tom will be be showing up here in about five minutes or so. I'm gonna try to get to through some of this prophecy of Julie Green's. Just because it's a great mindset shift again. I just love it when she does these type of prophetic words. It was live this morning. It says, nothing will stop my hand from saving this nation. Let's quickly get through this and, we'll, and we'll, we'll move for Tom right when he gets in. It says, for the Lord this day wants to tell my children that your victory is assured. Your victory that has already been paid for by Jesus. 
I, I also want to remind you that the greatest defeat in history has been recorded and will forever stay the same. Your enemy has been defeated by the blood and the sacrifice of your Lord and Savior Jesus. So hold your head high every day and remember that ultimate defeat and the annihilation of your enemy's power against you. We just got to realize that battle's already been won, right? When your enemies are raging, when they are out in full force, it appears like this world will seem to turn upside down. When chaos erupts, when tempers flare, now more than ever in your enemy's camp, doing everything to try to destroy you. When you're Remember these words and the power that lives in you. You won't quit. You will not give in. You will not bow to their commands. You will not comply to their lies. You will not submit to their power and their control because you are growing stronger and stronger in me. Whew. I love that part. Grow, my children. Grow in my love. Grow in my strength. Grow in my wisdom and my knowledge and my understanding. These are the days to rely on me and not your own understanding or your own strength. Don't rely on your own finances to get you through. Rely on me, who is your provider, healer, protector, standby, your advocate, your deliverer. I'm everything you need today or any day. So press into this revelation and press into who I really am and I'll show you all of me and who you really are in me and not what you have been on your own. You're not alone and you never were. So stop believing those lies of your adversary this day. Remind him of his defeat and remind him of your guaranteed victory. My children, march. March in this battle today. Pick up the sword of the Spirit. Put the full armor of God that I have given you to fight this battle. Those of you who are thinking you can't fight anymore and stand, I will be there to help you stand. Don't be moved now. Significant things are about to take place. You will be rewarded for standing and trusting in me, saith the Lord. Goliath is about to fall, and not just one giant, but many. Those who are on the side of the giants are about to fall as well. Their next moves you will see will solidify their fall and how fast and how hard they come down. I have told you my David has the stone to bring down the giants and it's almost time for that stone to be thrown. Get ready for the establishment to fail, to fall, and to be fully exposed. So this is the Mitch McConnell paragraph right here that I named this uh, episode out of. Someone on the right is about to reveal what side they're actually on. And this person will surprise many on which side they have chosen. Another whistleblower is about to come forward with proof of how the Senate has been helping the Biden. How the House ran by Nancy helped the Biden as well. Cover-up after cover-up will be exposed. A raid is about to take place that will prove more of this is true. Mitch McConnell is about to be exposed in a major way. I see Tom Holman coming on, so we'll, we'll move over to him in just a second. Another whistleblower will come forward with proof on how Nancy Pelosi and the establishment set up January 6th to impeach Trump and to, comp and to completely remove him from any chance to run. Again, a computer is about to surface to show the plot to take down the president to blame him for what they had caused that day. Irrefutable proof that will shred the lie of that day on January 2021. The Biden is about to be exposed for more of their plans uh, Bi the Biden is about to expose more of their plans against this country while he is speaking on live TV on accident. 
Remember, your enemies' tongues are about to become their worst enemies. They will say over and over again, things are on live TV they didn't mean to stay. A senator is about to have a massive heart attack, and it will surprise you on who it really is. Another indictment against my David will be announced, but yet another one will fail. None of these attempts to stop him or this election will prosper, and they will not succeed. I see Tom on, so we'll move right to him after this last paragraph. Nothing will stop my hand from saving this nation. Nothing will stop my hand from removing those in power that don't belong. Nothing will stop my hand from bringing back my David and placing him in the seat, his rightful seat of power. Nothing will stop his return. Nothing will stop this great exodus from taking place. Nothing will stop this transfer that is coming. Nothing will stop the restoration that is coming. Nothing your enemies are doing will succeed. They will all fall by their own sword and fail. And their defeat will be seen by the world, saith the Lord, your Redeemer. Woo! That is awesome. And we got Tom Holman in the house. It's so exciting. I met Tom um, when we were in Israel. Wanted to just point you real quick before I bring him on. Uh, just to give, get a thumbs up when you're ready to go, go, uh, Tom. And uh, all right, he's ready. So this is a, the one, one website. We'll get more from Tom. Is defendtheborder.org. Defendtheborder.org. There's a Death County and the River of Broken Dreams video is there. And I want to just push you guys to really understand what's going on in the border. We'll get a lot from Tom right now. But I just want to push to talk to you about that right there. So let's bring Tom Holman on. Uh, Tom, how are you doing today? It's doing great. Appreciate having me. I just I, I just got out of the hospital, so I'm I'm mending up. But uh, wow, the hospital! I didn't hear that part. Thank you for oh, making yeah. it. What? So what's going on with that, Tom? Oh, I you know after 20, 30 years of lifting weights, my back finally gave out. I had a ruptured disc. So oh just no, back oh to, no. I'm gonna turn this around so we get more of you. Give me, give me give me a couple weeks. I'll be back in the fight. Okay. Well, good. Well, that. Well, we really appreciate you coming on uh, the Blessed Teach Show. We have a Christian patriot audience. I was talking to you about when we were in Israel, um, and uh, uh, most people know about you, but not your history, right? So I'd love to kind of go back a little bit. The first thing I'd like to ask is, is when when did you kind of wake up? Uh, like I didn't wake up till like six years ago, Tom. So uh, what I mean is, wake up to this cabal of globalists that are trying to destroy us. Um, how was your? How did you awaken to that, and, and kind of when? Look, I I I, I started. You know, I, was a, I started as a cop in New York. That's you know, I, I've been law enforcement since the day I left college. And, right. And I, after being a police officer in New York, I joined the Border Patrol. You know, and I climbed the ranks for the next thirty-five years. Became the act, uh, director of ICE under President Trump. So I worked for six different presidents, and and, and I saw how. Um, all the politicians, they shape the country in their own in their own view that will benefit them. Yeah. And and I, I president after president, every president I worked for, including Clinton and Obama, who 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 I respected because of the president of the United States, even Clinton and Obama took steps to secure the border. They didn't do as much as Donald Trump. No one did as much as Donald Trump. Right. But every president I worked for, from Ronald Reagan to President Trump understood that border security is important and they, they all took steps to try to secure the border they understood clearly you can't have national security on border security but what shocked me is when joe biden you know took over the white house that within days i'm talking within three weeks he he totally 
uh, abolished everything we have created to secure the border. He's the first president in the history of the nation who came in office and unsecured a border, right? Yeah. Because under President, under president Trump, we had the most secure border in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Illegal immigration on 83%, mm-hmm. illegal immigration at a 45 year low. But I was shocked. I was I was pissed off uh, that 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 a president, a commander in chief, will come in and unsecure border. I mean, who the hell does that? Who says I want more illegal immigration? I want more women sex trafficking in the United States. I want more fentanyl coming across the border to kill Americans. I want more known suspected terrorists coming across the border. I want the cartels to make you know billions more dollars. I mean, I I, I didn't understand it, and it's all because of this globalist attitude of open borders and. And they see it. They see a. Uh, they see, they certainly see a future political benefit because these people, they think the mains are letting in. Not only do they think they're going to be future Democratic voters that will keep them in power forever, but they don't even have to get there because what Joe Biden also did when he destroyed all our policies and created the Trump administration, he over he he rewrote the Trump census rule, which means now illegal aliens be counting the census. So as these millions of people that are writing in the United States will be counted in the next census in sanctuary cities, which is going to result in what? When they reproportionate seats in the House, it's going to give Democrats more seats in the House. So this is this is what shocks me in a nutshell. So they're okay with 100,000 overdose deaths of Americans. They're okay with sex trafficking women and children. They're okay with the known suspected terrorism. They're okay with, with, with criminals coming across the border. As long as they win in the end and they get perpetual power to run this country, it's shocking to me. It's still shocking to me, and that's why I think this president and the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, needs to be impeached. I think what they did is borderline treasonous. No question, no question about that. And let's dig into that a little bit more in a second, um, just to give people more background. Could you tell us a story about um, how you got into ICE uh, and then how you became the director? Well, look, I, like I, said, I was a police officer in New York. My, my, my father was a police officer. My grandfather was a police officer. Mm-hmm. I always knew I was going to be a cop. Right. I'm part of, in my, and look, God bless my mom and dad because we got seven kids, and every one of us are either in law enforcement, fire department, or my sisters are all nurses. I mean, so, so he, he raised a family full of people that want to serve the communities. And, you know, so I, I was a police officer, and uh, I, saw, I, I grew up in upstate New York right on the Canadian border. So I used to see uh, border patrol agents around. I didn't really know what they did. But uh, one day, true story, I was fishing up on uh, St. Lawrence River on the Canadian border. Ran into a border patrol agent. Um, we got to talking about, you know, cop stuff. And it, it's, his job sounded very interesting. And and he said, hey, man, they're giving a test here next week. You ought, you, ought, you ought to take the test and give it a shot. So I actually did. I took the test. And six months later, I'm at the border patrol academy. I spent... Like 34 years uh, enforcing immigration. I was first as a border patrol agent, then as a special agent, a criminal investigator. Then I climbed the ladder one rung at a time. Mm-hmm. Didn't run in 34 years until President Trump came into power. And I actually, it, it, how it happens, amazing. I wrote about it in my book. I announced my retirement right before the, the election, 2016, because I, after eight years of Obama, I didn't want to work for Hillary Clinton. I was convinced Hillary Clinton was going to win. The whole country was convinced. So I announced my retirement. I, I went and signed a contract in another company. I was going to start on January, in January. So um, the night of the uh, the night of the election, the next morning, my wife, we had a couple of wife says, no, what are you going to do? You know, Trump actually won. But again, I already announced my retirement. I already signed the contract. and said, well, I got to go. The day of my retirement ceremony, January, I think it was January 17th, 
I had like six, seven hundred people at my retirement ceremony, which was a great day, a sad day for me, because when you carry a badge and gun for 34 years, the day you stop carrying that badge and gun is, is it, it, it was very emotional to me because that's yes. so it's like any other profession. I, that day was the last day that I was going to be a, a, a career law enforcement officer. And yeah. it, was a, it was a very emotional day. At the end of the ceremony, I'm in the hallway with my wife shaking hands of people that came to the ceremony. And my chief of staff, who was no longer my chief of staff, right? My, my office is empty. All my stuff's in boxes, sit in my garage. This was on a Friday. Monday morning, I was going to start my job in this new company, paying me about three times as much as I made as advice. <laughs> and, and my, my chief of staff comes down and says, you got an emergency phone call in the office. I said, okay, who is it? So this is Homeland Security uh, Secretary um, um, John Kelly. I said, okay. And my wife said, what's that about? I said, well, he's a secretary. He'd probably call and congratulate me for my retirement. I went up and asked my phone. was John Kelly. And he says, well, I know this is bad timing time, but the president of the United States wants you to stay and run the agency, which is run a three-step promotion. And I said, well, it is bad timing, sir, because I just retired. And he said, no, you didn't. Paperwork's on my desk. I haven't signed it. <laughs> I haven't signed it yet. <laughs> he goes, we need to come back. And I, I, and I told him, I said, look, I already signed a contract with this company. Uh, I, I don't know if I can get out of that. I need to talk to my family. You know, to my family. I moved my family around this country seven times. They put up a lot. Yeah. You know, protesters, death threats. And I said, they put up a lot. So I said, I, this, is there any way I have to Monday to answer it? And he said, yeah, it's Friday. I'll probably Monday morning at 0600. And I remember what he said for the hundred. Let me let me leave you one thought, Tom, before I hang up. And this is word for word. He goes, Tom, the president of the United States is asking you, a career law enforcement officer, to serve a little bit longer. He needs your help. <laughs> we'll talk on Monday. So of course, after a weekend of fighting with my wife, uh, Monday I said yes. And the following day, I'm in Air Force One, the greatest president that I ever worked for. People can say what they want about Donald Trump. He's not a perfect man. If you if you want a perfect man to be president, you need to wait for the second coming of Jesus, in my opinion, because every man has his faults. But when it comes to my career, law enforcement, border security, immigration enforcement, no one, no one did more than this man. So I'm proud to work for him, and I hope I work for him again in, in about a year. Yeah, talk a little bit about your wife's thoughts on Trump before and after. My wife didn't like him. Matter of fact, that weekend, right, when, on the way home that Friday, she said, what was it about? I told her. She says, hell no. I says, I said, <laughs> it's the president of the United States asking me. She said, I don't care. I don't like him. And she don't like him because, you know, the rumors and, you know, the womanizing, whatever, all the, all the rumors were out there. And, um, but Sunday night, laying in bed, she asked me, she goes, what are you going to say tomorrow? When, when the secretary calls you, I said, I said, what do you think I'm going to say? Because you're going to take it. That's who you are. I says, exactly. If I don't take it, I'll never forgive myself. And mm -hmm. she goes, okay, I support you 100%. And to this day, the, the, the cherry on top of the, of the um, Sunday is she loves President Trump because it was just a matter of time because she saw what he did for this country, whether it's whether it's securing the border, whether it's what he did for the VA, what he did for our military, what he did for our first responders, you know, what he did for the economy, what he did for minorities, uh, blacks, Hispanics, uh, in, in the job market, how this, how this country flourished, how people once again gained respect 
in this country, how, how the United States was front and center in the world on, on being a leader once again. So she saw what he did, and, and, she, and she's his biggest fan now. And she's, I told her, look, if Trump comes back and wins, I already committed, I'm coming back with him. And she looked at me and says, you better. And I'll be honest with you, I'm doing very well right now. I'll be one hell of a pay cut. But I told the president when I had dinner with him in Las Vegas six months ago, I'll come back for free mm-hmm. because on our border. Look, record number of migrants have died in U.S. soil. Over 1,700 migrants have died in U.S. soil, a record by far. Over 100,000 Americans dead from fentanyl, a record by far. 260 known suspected terrorist arrests across the border, a record by far. Mm-hmm. Sex trafficking women and children at an all-time high. So you're damn right. I'll come back over for free if I have to because a secure border saves lives. And I say this all the time. People want to start attacking Donald Trump or his policy is inhumane. Let me tell you something. When, when Illinois grace is down to 83%, when 83% less people are coming, how many women are being sexually assaulted by the humans that are Yes. How many children are drowning in a river? How many pounds of fentanyl that does not make it in the country because the border is secure, all the agents are on the line, uh, are seizing more fentanyl than what comes in? How many women and children are sex trafficked? I mean, secure border saves lives. And that's why I hate, hate them. Love him, regardless of what people's opinion is of President Trump. He secured the border, and by moving illegal grace down 83%, he saved thousands of lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom, so so walk us a little bit through through your book and the uh, best place to get that. I have the Amazon one up here, but um, is there other places well, yeah, where they can get the well, book? Well, when I did finally retire, I wrote a book because, as I said before, you know, a lot of people in this country hate my guts. I've had protesters in my house on Sunday morning. I've had death threats against me and my family. Um, you know, you heard the whole abolish ice, destroy ice, no yes. defund ice. So I wrote a book. I want to explain to people that if you knew what I knew, you can hate me. A lot, a lot of people out there do. But if you would take a moment and learn from my experience, what I've seen in my 35 years, Wear my shoes, see what I saw, experience what I experienced. You would understand why I fight so hard for a secure border. Mm-hmm. Look, I heart goes out to the thousands of illegal aliens crossing the border that come to this country with a better life. I get it. But people need to understand when you open the border up, like this administration has done, it's just not innocent people coming here for a better life crossing the border. Last year, Border Patrol arrested over 86,000 convicted criminals, over 100 of them were committed murderers. We had thousands of sexual predators into this country. 86,000 convicted criminals. And, and add to that, the fentanyl and, and the trafficking of women and children. And that, so I wrote a book. I want people to understand, look, if you defend, the, in the name of the book, Defend the Border and Save Lives, as I said before, when we move illegal immigration down 83%, 83% less people are coming, less people are dying. Dr. Jaw Borders did a study several years ago saying 31% of women make that journey through cartels get sexually assaulted. So when you're down 83%, when 83% people are less coming, how many women weren't being sexually assaulted? Right. It's like, we take, it's like we take 83% of the cars off the highway. Will highway deaths be down? Of course they would. So I wrote a book, Define the Born and Save Lives, because I want to share with people why Tom Holman is who he is. Why did I yell at members of Congress during testimony? Why do I get emotional on Fox News when we talk about things? Yes. Because I have lived the life of experiences on the border. I've held, I've held dying children. I've held dead children. 
I talked to girls as young as nine years old. They were sexually assaulted numerous times by members of the And you don't know what it's like to look into a little girl's eyes, nine years old, and everything innocent about her has been stolen. Because grown men, you know, just climbed on and sexually assaulted this young little girl who's never going to be the same. She's never going to be the same. And you look into those eyes and they're just empty. Any thought of humanity or goodness that this little girl had is gone. And so when you, like I said, so I talk about this in my book. When you experience what I experience and you understand why Tom Holman is emotional, you understand why Tom Holman takes this so seriously. Because when I'm angry because we had it down 83% at a 45-year low, which means less people are dying. Now we got a president came in the office and completely opened the border. Now we got record number of deaths, record number of sexual assaults, record number of American deaths, record number of terrorism. So I want to write a book to educate American people. Here's, here's what I've done for 35 years. Read my story, then tell me you hate me. There's, there's still people that don't hate me, but I think people understand that what I want to leave them with is this. Not that I, I, the, the, the whole focus of the book, I don't want people to love Tom Homer. What I want them to understand them is when you defend the border, when you secure the border, you save lives. Just not a migrants, but of U.S. citizens too. That was my whole purpose. Yes, and you told a story I, I heard one time about holding the five-year-old Right, I think it was in a congressional hearing that you were being um, attacked by the, some people on the left. And uh, can you talk a little bit about that? I know that was very tough on you. Yeah, you know that that that, that day when I gave testimony, you know, I I testified in front of Congress many times throughout my career. But when President Trump was president, the Democrat-led Congress were ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um. I was a career law enforcement officer standing there, sitting there testifying, and they attacked me as a racist, um, as a bigot. I mean, members of Congress actually called me those names during testimony that I was a racist, that I was a bigot, because I enforced immigration law. When I tried to explain to them, I says, well, wait a minute now. I'm not making this up. I'm enforcing the law that you wrote. So if I'm a racist, I'm a bigot for enforcing the law, what's that make you? You wrote the law. You know, it, it, it's, you know, we got to secure the border. So I fought back. It was a tough hearing. It, it, I got attacked by most of the Democrats. But was one man, a, a congressman from Chicago, said I didn't care about dying children unless they were white. Not those exact words. He asked me, did you ever wow. have children? And why don't you care about dying children? Is it because you're not the same color the children around you? So as your career law enforcement officer, who saved many lives, and, and I'm proud to say that, who, whose life was changed from, a, from one incident that I was involved in with a five-year-old boy, to ask me to, to say that to me, I didn't care about nine children, unless you were white, it angered me. I lost my temper with him. We went back and forth screaming and yelling because I told him I did hold a five-year-old boy in my arms. You know, it, there was an incident in Victoria, Texas. I was, I was in Dallas, Texas, giving a speech. This is in 2013. I was in Dallas, Texas, giving a speech. I, my, my, my phone goes off and... Ice headquarters calls me and says, uh, you got to get our next Air Marine flight down to Victoria, Texas. We have a, a tragedy down there, a smart human, uh, an smuggling tragedy. We need you down there to run the investigation because the, the, the director at the time named John Morton, I was in headquarters on detail. He knew I spent my whole career investigating criminal cartels that smuggled drugs, smuggled people, smuggled guns. So since I was in Texas, he sent me down to run the investigation. I got an Air Marine, uh, Air, Air Marine flight. A half hour later, I got to the crime scene, and uh, uh, Texas Ranger and the sheriff walking through the crime scene. Now, 
Like I told you earlier, I grew up in a small town, upstate New York, right on the Canadian border. My, I grew up in a town of 2,500 people. Right. I didn't get allowance. I don't have allowance. I had to go to the local farm and milk cows. That's why I earned money. I milked cows. Or I went down to the Fort Drum and, and shine boots for 50 cents a pair. Um, my dad my dad made sure if I wanted money that I earned it. And, uh, but from a, from, from a small farming community, now I find myself standing on my back of the track and trailer with 19 dead people at my feet, including a five-year-old little boy. And I remember when I, I climbed the back of that tractor trailer, the, 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 it, it overwhelmed me. Because I've seen many dying people before in my career, but for some reason, I, I keyed on the five-year-old little boy who was, everybody that was deceased in the back of the tractor trailer was down, were wearing just their underwear because they were trying to relieve themselves from the heat. There was over 70 people packed in the back of the tractor trailer. People were dying standing up because there was no room to fall. Um, so, and, and when I got back to track the trailer, I immediately keyed on this little boy. Mm-hmm. I still remember he's wearing a little yellow Batman underwear. And he was on the ground, he was cradled by an adult male, who later we found out was his father, who died over top of him. And um, wow! And at the time, I had a five-year-old son at the time. I'm a pretty tough guy, but when the crime photographer got there, I was instructing him what pictures I needed and from what angles I needed them. And I told him that we couldn't, uh, um, don't, don't, we're not going to deal with the little boy yet. And he understood that we did this in quadrant, so I'm skipping a quadrant. He goes, sir, I mean, you want to, I said, the little boy comes last. And it wasn't because it was any investigative method to it. It's because Tom Holman couldn't deal with it. I could not kneel down beside him at the time and take measurements. Um, I had a five-year-old son at the time. It was just shocking to me. Because I knew, sitting there and, and standing in that tractor trailer, looking around, I knew what his last hour of life was like. I knew they were, box, they were locked in a steel box. Yeah. Pitch black, 180 degrees, no food. What a terrible, terrible way to die. They got they baked to death, for God's sake. And um, I just kept thinking about this little boy. And so finally we got to the end. I did I approach the little boy and I, I, I knelt down beside him, put my hand on him and said a prayer um, because I knew what that little boy went through. Yeah. And that incident changed me forever. I was angry that uh, this little boy died that way. I was angry that all these people died. Later on through testimony, which really weighed on me, through testimony that some of the surviving people back back. They said that little boy begged his father to save his life. The little boy knew he was dying. Yeah. He begged his dad not to let him die. He wanted to see mommy again. He wanted to see his brothers again. But please, daddy, don't let me die. And when we start to the investigative process, I hear the stories, I hear what exactly happened back there. It changed me forever. And uh, and that's why I fight so hard. So when this congressman, when I was testifying, says, well, you don't care about dying children, so you children your children, I lost it. I, and I lost it because I, you know, that he should have did his homework because I did have a, have a dying child and it changed me forever. Yeah. So that's, that's just one of many reasons talking to girls as young as nine being raped multiple times, talking to victims of trafficking. You know, I've, I've seen many dead bodies. I've seen, I've seen dead bodies of migrants who couldn't afford to pay their struggling fee. So they would call the relative up on the phone and demand more money. The relative didn't have the phone. They torture the person on the phone, make the relatives listen to it. 
one incident, they stabbed this, the, the migrant in the face over 20 times. That's how they killed him. Wow. And the family listened to it on the phone. So with all these experiences, the last thing you want to ask Tom Holman during testimony is I don't care about nine people and I'm a racist or a bigot. Uh, Tom Holman spent 35 years saving lives. And for anybody to say, as a career law enforcement, I don't care about nine children, that was the wrong place to go to me. Yeah, and I think this is the picture of when you were pointing at that <laughs> congressman back, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think that is. That yeah, is. yeah. So, but yeah. So, thank you for sharing that. I know that's not easy, but uh, uh, really, kind of showing better. your heart. Do you, know, do you know, I'm actually doing better. You know, for for seven, eight years, I couldn't tell the story without crying. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gotten better at it, and, and uh, it's not that I'm emo- I, I don't get emotional about it. I, to this day, every once in a while, I dream about it. I wake up, can't breathe. It's, like I said, I'm, I'm claustrophobic myself. And just to think of that little boy looking up, and what is this? What do you think his dad felt? His dad put him in this position. His dad can't help. His son's dying in his arms. His dad put him there, right? right? His dad can't help. In, people need to understand. Picture yourself in a steel box locked in the outside, it's black, 180 degrees, no food or water for hours, and people are people are dying one at a time. It's just, all these people live the nightmare. And, and, you know, the, the good part of the story is I, I was down in Texas for you know a couple of months. We end up arresting all 14 people involved in the incident. They're all sitting in prison. Good. They're all sitting in prison for a very long time. Good. Good. So that so obviously that must have been in Texas versus uh, New Mexico, huh? <laughs> if they're in prison, and is it? They're all they're all in federal pen. I just wish that you know, I, I think we got all fourteen involved in this conspiracy. But people need to understand and why I'm why I'm emotional about this all the time is because you know, tonight, tonight while you and I are talking, there are women being raped by the cartels as part of their smuggling fee. Yeah. Not by just one cartel member, numerous cartel members. Mm. At night, a woman or child will die making this journey. They'll die in the, they'll die in Panama during Daring Gap. They'll die in Mexico. They'll die crossing the river. They'll die crossing the desert in Arizona. This isn't just okay. Home told a story from ten years ago. No, this happens every day. Someone's dying tonight. Some young innocent female is getting sexually assaulted tonight. Some female or young child is being sex trafficked into the United States and forced into life of prostitution forever. Mm-hmm. So um, there's American families tonight are going to wake up some more with dead children from fentanyl overdoses of fentanyl coming across that border. Mm-hmm. I mean, death, death is happening every day because this administration opened the border up. And when you open the border up, when you make promises to the whole world and you can enter a country legally, you won't be detained, we're going to release you. We're going to transport you to the city of your choice at government expense. Once you get there, you can apply for work authorization. This is going to take five to seven years to go to the immigration case. Based on the court data, nine out of ten of you will fail. You'll never get relief because culture you simply don't qualify for asylum. But we're not going to remove you because the Secretary of Homeland Security said, being in the country legally on its own isn't enough rights to go seek out and arrest you. When you make those type of promises to the entire world, the most vulnerable people in the world will sell everything they have and give it to the criminal cartels to come to the greatest nation on earth. So these policies of this administration are an enticement, they're a magnet, 
for more people to make that dangerous journey, which is going to result in more death and mayhem on board and more deaths in America because as a war patrol gets so overwhelmed. People need to understand, how does the drugs and terrorists connect? Because when you overwhelm the board so it's overwhelmed with this immigration crisis, this humanitarian crisis, up to 70% of agents are pulled off the line in certain sectors to process, change diapers, make baby formula, make hospital runs, make airport runs. When you take 70% of the manpower off the patrol, that's when the cartels move the fentanyl. Yes. No one's patrolling. That's when they traffic the women and children. That's when they move the gang members in that don't want to turn themselves in. So that's where there's all this other bad stuff. I always say when I get speeches, it's just not about illegal immigration anymore. Because illegal immigration is over on the border patrol, so now there's you know, only 30% of the workforce on patrol. That's what makes the border, border vulnerable to drugs, terrorism, criminals, gang members, and everybody else. The people that don't want to turn themselves in. And what people need to understand, like, one thing that one thing that concerns me the most is since Joe Biden's been president, there's reported 1.8 million gatherings. Think about this minute. 1.8 million people in the last two and a half years have crossed our border, weren't arrested, weren't fingerprinted, weren't vetted, they got away. Now, how do we know there's 1.8 million? Because the border patrol can count them because they can be witnessed, seen on video, drone traffic, sensor traffic, Camera traffic because we got you know some technology on the border will capture the image and come across the border. But border are so tied up dealing with humanitarian crisis, they can't respond to the rest of these people. 1.8 million gatherers, 200 over 260 known suspected terrorists arrested trying to cross the border. Border patrols arrested people from 171 different. Some of these countries are sponsors of terror. They've arrested 200. I think I think the exact number is like 272, if I remember right. That's now. How many didn't they arrest? How many of that 1.8 million came here to do us harm? They got away. How many of that 1.8 million were carrying fentanyl? How many of that 1.8 million was a child predator? How many of that 1.8 million was a convicted MS-13 gang member? Because these people made a choice. 1.8 million people chose to pay more. You pay the cartels two amounts. You pay them one to enter the country or you can turn yourselves in. The cartel's job is done since you cross the river in the desert. But you can pay the cartels more money to get you to New York or Chicago because you don't want any fun. So why would you pay more to a cartel to get you to New York and not be arrested? When 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 yeah, you turn yourself in, it's probably going to transport to New York at government expense anyways. Why would you pay more to get away and not be arrested? Because they don't want to be vetted. That these these are the criminals. These are people that don't want to be fingerprinted. That's just scared the hell out of everybody. It does me 1.8 million gallons. Who the hell are they? So you know that that, that concerns me, and, and that's what that keeps me up at night. Yes, yes, um, and take us back to the trip in Israel and the border compared to what we're doing with the border, and then some of the maybe the key uh, things that we could apply that when you get back in. Uh, power that you could apply from Israel. Well, border has Israel has several different borders. I remember when I was over there that some borders should take more serious than others, right? If it's a friendly border, the border security is, is, is sufficient, but it's not over the top. But when they're bordering uh, someone that wants to see them abolished from the face of the earth, that's when they build the walls, that's when they have the armed guards, that's when they have the automatic weapons. 
And, you know, so Israel, the difference between Israel and the United States and is, is not so different anymore. Because Israel is, is, needs border security to protect themselves from annihilation. But their neighbors want to wipe them off the face of the earth. Yes. So it's a matter of life or death for them in many instances. The United States, it never used to be that way. Mm-hmm. But it's getting closer to being that because I know no suspect terrorists across that border. I know that the Chinese government is supplying the precursors of fentanyl to the criminal cartels of Mexico that are poisoning 1,000 Americans every year and, and killing them. I, I, I think we're getting closer to saying we need border security to protect our existence as a nation, certainly our sovereignty. But I've learned, I've learned, I've learned a few things. Number one, the wall went a lot deeper than that wall, down in the ground, uh, so it's almost impossible to dig. And it's, and it's so deep it gets to the water table. So you can't you can't dig under the wall. But some of the technology they have, we worked with them. We built our wall. We worked with Israel, and we, we shared technology back and forth. We gave some of our technology, gave us some of theirs. But some of that, our walls that we built in the President Trump are smart walls. For instance, if you try digging under it, we're going to know. If you try climbing it, we're going to know. If you try flying something over it, we're going to know. It's a smart wall. I can't get into the facilities of it. But if you go up and try to climb that wall, the border patrol is going to be alerted, and they're going to be there. And I many times I told people the walls aren't meant to stop everybody. There's going to be you got a few daredevils and get over that wall. I've seen it. Walls are meant to slow people down because a smart wall would detect when they're there, get border patrol time to get it. So if they do get over the wall, they're there to arrest them. But the most important thing about the wall was two things. The most important thing in my book is save lives because women and children can't climb that wall. Which means they're going to be funneled to a place where there's not a wall. And guess who's going to be waiting for them? The United States Border Patrol. So if they are sick, if they need uh, significant immediate medical attention, someone's there. And, they're going, and the Border Patrol agents will save a lot of lives doing that. So the most vulnerable will be funneled where they'll get immediate medical attention. Look, I'm not anti-immigrant. I'm not anti-immigration. I'm anti-illegal immigration because I know the whole ugly underbelly of this. But these people, once they get to our fence line, they, they need our help, and they're in bad shape. We got to help them. We, we certainly want people dying in our arms. Yeah. So, but the good thing about the wall funnels families to a place where they're going to get immediate help, because that's a dangerous, long journey. Many not only die, they get very, very sick. The other thing the wall does is is, is slow down the, the trafficking of narcotics. Because I'll tell you a story. In, in 1987, I was in the Border Patrol in Campbell, California. It's about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm on patrol, and I get a radio call. It was centered by the, the, the Mexican border, and all it was then was a barbed wire fence. And there's some dirt road cutting back there, and we had sentry buried in the road that any, anything of metal goes over that, we get called. Right. But no one should be back there at 3 a.m. in the morning. So uh, we got a call from dispatch, and you got a hit on this sensor. Well, I had one unit portion of me, so he went and responded. Sure enough, you got a utility truck was just leaving that area, getting up on the highway, heading to San Diego. I quickly got on the highway, and we, we pulled them over, and we pulled over 280 kilos of cocaine out of the joint. Wow. It was a <laughs> large, the largest seizure of cocaine in the history of the board tour at the time. Wow. And, and uh, matter of fact, as soon as we got it, and I was a young agent, uh, but the, the, the man that was with me was an old seasoned guy, and he said, get on the radio and get every uniform officer in the county here as quick as you can. I said, why? He said, just, just get it done. So I got in the car and I called for help. So we had fish and game showing up. We had, you know, other board agents showing up. And I couldn't understand why. 
Well, I found out later why when, when, during the investigation when we started talking to the smuggler of driving the truck, there, his, 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 um, his transport was, was two, were two exits down. People that were going to transport him and his load to L.A., the armed guards, um, they actually, since he was late and he wasn't coming when he was supposed to, they went down and they started circling back. And luckily, their plan was, if there's one or two cops there, Let's just kill the cops and take the drugs and the guy and get out of there because they were heavily armed. They drove, it came through testimony later, they did drive by us. But by the time they drove by us, we had so many guns there, they weren't willing to take it around. So thank God I was with a journeyman who had the wherewithal to think about that. Yeah. Well, who knows? I'm not be here today. It was just me and him. And all we were carrying is, you know, a revolver with six bullets. And these guys were heavily armed automatic weapons. So who knows what, what may have happened. Wow. But, uh, a couple of years ago, I went back to San Diego. I was there on a cement on an international chief of police. So I had the day off. So I got around, kind of drove up. It was about, about 45 minute drive to Tampa, California. So I want to go up there and reminisce about my old days up there and see what's changed. And it's called O'Neill Valley. So I drove down O'Neill Valley where we got that big uh, drug bus. And guess what? There's a big, beautiful wall there. There's no way, no utility trucks going to drive through it now. Right. So that's, that's an example of how the wall makes a difference. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So, uh, I know Victor is um, one of your agents that you had there and uh, has a story. Would you mind sharing that a little bit about that story? Victor was an agent that worked for me. It was it was uh, I had a lot of I had thousands of agents working. For me. I didn't know Victor at the time, but I was in headquarters when when Victor was assigned to uh, down in Mexico City. He worked at attaché office there. He is on the way, I think he's going to our sub-office in Monterey, him and another agent, to grab some equipment and do some, and do some interviews. And um, there's already notices out that we shouldn't be on the highway because of the, uh, the criminal cartels control the highway. And they're doing a lot of armed robberies and kidnappings. But um, a decision made by this level that they should go to this office and grab this interviews. And on the way, of course, the cartel saw you know, large black SUV. So in Mexico, that means you got money, and uh, and they and, and they uh, forced them off the road. Several cars boxed them in, and they want them out of the car. Of course, it's a bulletproof, uh, it's a bulletproof vehicle, and they were they were certainly weren't going to get out because they knew who these guys were, and they were trying to identify themselves as officers of the United States government working out the. Uh, embassy, they didn't care because they didn't open the windows. They started shooting at the car, but only after they approached one of the vehicles. And, and it, when you when you put the vehicle in park, which was a flaw in the system at the time, the, the doors automatically unlocked. So while they're busy trying to relock the doors when they're trying to open the doors, uh, an agent hit the window down button just a little bit in an attempt to lock the doors. The window came down a little bit. Unfortunately, it was enough for when the uh, cartel members put his automatic weapon and just emptied it. Wow. Into the, um, Victor Abla was wounded several times. His partner was mortally wounded. And um, they sat there you know, in a foreign country, no help. Uh, the smugglers, after they shot him, he got the window back up. They stood in the vehicle and emptied the automatic weapon to the windshield. But luckily, the windshield stopped the bullets coming through. Uh, they, they left, 
And uh, they got on the radio, asked for assistance. It took quite a bit of time for the embassy to get all of somebody to get there in a the helicopter and assist. So again, uh, Victor's American hero. Um, his partner died. Um, at the time, I was at the command center in D.C. and I ran the command center on this incident. So I was dealing, you know, 24/7 with the incident. You know, the evidence we were gathering every day, witnesses we were gathering, who the suspects were, manhunt for the subjects. So I was running the command center. I, I met uh, Victor about a year later. Um, no, I, I, t- I take that back. I met him two months later at, at the funeral of the, of the fallen agent. Right. And first time I met Victor, and uh, me and Victor have become friends. Mm-hmm. Victor works with me now, and uh, uh, we just started a, a push on. We started our own organization called Border Nine One One. Border Nine One One. People should go to border nine one one dot com. You see, the website's not up yet, but you can go on there and sign up. The website's going to be hitting probably live next week. Uh, Border Nine One is about me, Victor Avila. We got Mark Morgan, who's Commissioner CPP under Trump. We got Tim Ballard, who just did a movie of, uh, on sex trafficking. We have uh, Vic, uh, Derek Monch, career uh, DEA agent. Sarah Carter, we got Sarah Carter from Fox News. We got a team of about seven of us, all border experts. And we, this organization do, is a nonprofit, but we're doing, we're going to travel around the country. We're going to have seminars, we're going to have big events where we explain to the American people why a secure border is important and why it should matter to them. Just because you live in Ohio, don't think uh, an open border means nothing to you. If the fentanyl is, is making it in, in, into every town, city, and state, the traffic, sex trafficking women is making it in every state in the country. So we want to explain to them the dangers of an open border. So when they go to the voting booth next year, they'll vote for the person who's going to take border security seriously. We're going to do this every week for the next year going across the country. And Again, it's called border911.com. It's a nonprofit, not looking to make a dime. Just travel around the country, enlightening people. Don't, they don't talk about my book. I mean, I don't have to, some of my book, but tell them some of the stories in my book. And Victor Oddlock can tell his story. And the DEA agent can tell his story about the fentanyl. And, and, we, and hopefully, during the day, educate thousands of people who now start to consider border security is a really important issue. I want to take that seriously and I walk in that voting booth. So that's, that starts next week. Awesome. Sarah Carter, part of that too, I see. She was on our yep. trip, and there's, there's Victor. Yep. And, uh, I got a whole team there. Sarah's the only one that's not a law, crew, law enforcement officer, but Sarah's very instrumental because she's done board. She, she's investigated journalists on the board for over 20 years. Yes. So she is embedded down south, so she brings a unique perspective. Uh, the rest of us are crew, law enforcement officers. We actually, we're not policymakers. We're not people. We're not. We're not uh, these think tanks. We're not these organizations in Washington D.C. These think tanks that claim to be experts on immigration and border security. We did it. We walked the walk. We yes. wore the front. We stood on the front line. So I brought the I brought the finest of the finest together, and we're going to educate American people next year on why border security matters. That's awesome. That's awesome. You also have this other website that I mentioned at the very beginning of defendtheborder.org. Do you want to walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, defendantboard.org, we're doing a series of documentaries, there's going to be 10 of them, talking about, again, my career and what I saw on the border, and it's going to be a series of 45-minute documentaries that we're going to be pushing out, again, with the sole purpose of educating people on why a secure border matters, and trying to pull the curtain back on the Biden administration, who's lying about the border. Yeah. I mean... You got a Secretary of Homeland Security says the border is secure. It's just, you know, it's, a, it's really a sad day in America 
when he got a cabinet official lying under oath the counter saying the board is secure. The board is not secure. Mm-hmm. Again, we have record number, we have, we got nearly six million illegal aliens across the board since Joe Biden became president. Six million. That is a record. There's nothing even close to this. Yeah. And if you add on that the 1,700 dead migrants, 100,000 dead uh, overdose deaths of fentanyl, the number of women killed of sex traffic, the number of no inspected terrorist arrests. I mean, the story just broke today. Actually, CNN broke, if you can believe it, that uh, now the FBI is doing a nationwide search of a bunch of people from Uzbekistan who are smuggling to the United States with somebody who's affiliated with ISIS. So, again, I've said it. I've said it for two years that this vulnerable border is vulnerable to terrorism. I just told you yes. a few minutes ago, the main things I'm concerned about, now, now we actually see some truth coming out of this, that they're actually looking for a bunch of uh, uh, natives of Uzbekistan who have been reached from the border, and they think they're hot. Now they need to find them. So it's it's a uh, uh, hopefully between the two projects, we're educating enough people to say, you know what, enough's enough, and demand this administration do something to secure the border. Right, and it looks like here, Tom, that uh, you, you you've had had some events recently. Um, that you're, do you have any other ones that are going to be planned here soon? People could see you know, live. If we go to board nine one one, we'll load the events. We just had a conference call today. We're going to load the event schedule up by Saturday. Again, I'm a little bit behind because I was I, was, uh, I went to Orlando to give a speech one night for the Trump campaign, and um, I ended up being there nine days in the hospital. So I'm, I'm a little behind. So uh, I just got home two days ago. So uh, go to board nine one one dot com. And you should see a schedule of events coming up probably by Saturday. By Saturday. Awesome. Awesome. And on the Ford Defend the Border, um, there's quite a bit of information here. Talk a little bit about this uh, first documentary and how it got uh, squashed by the mainstream media. Well, the mainstream media don't want to, don't want to, don't want to hear about the border because it's a, it's a bad story for this administration. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, the woke left, the ones that want truly want to open border, they, they just think, you know, that's... Let's live the John Lennon song. Let's everybody have everything. Let's share everything. Let's open the border up and come by out. It isn't like that. People need to understand. I think a lot of people do that. There's people in this world who like to see the United States destroyed, right? There's a lot of terrorist organizations that hate this country, and so all the people coming across the border. Look, I'll say it again. A lot of these people are good people. They're coming here for a better life. I get that, but you got to understand when they, when when so many come, it overwhelms the border, which causes all these other problems. And there's and like, and fundamentally, there's right way and wrong way from the United States. But people need to understand when they, when, they, when they hear about, oh, these are all asylum seekers, we should let them in. But people need to understand, yeah, I technically they're asylum seekers, but if you go over the ten, last 10 years of immigration court data, it clearly shows 9 out of 10 people that claim asylum at a border never get relief from U.S. courts because they simply don't qualify. Mm-hmm. They'll really come claim asylum knowing they don't really qualify, but they're coming here claiming the sign because they know they'll be released and waiting for the hearing. Almost half of them don't, over half of them won't show up in the hearing. So the media don't want to talk about that. The media wants, okay, this is, um, we don't want to go back to the Trump policies that are inhumane, even though it saved thousands of lives. We want an open border, but they won't say the truth. They won't say, they may be called asylum seekers, but they don't qualify for asylum. They, 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 won't, they won't tell you that over half of them don't even show up in court. What they won't tell you is that out of the 90%, the 9 out of 10 that lose your case, how many actually leave after you get ordered deported? How many leave? I'll tell you how many leave. Based on Homeland Security Lifecycle Report, a report put out by the Secretary of Homeland Security, 
So that nine out of ten that moves your case, we're talking millions. Nine out of ten that moves your case, how many actually leave? Six percent. Ninety-four percent stay. That lost Ninety-four percent are in the wind. And why are they in the wind? For a couple of reasons. This is what the mainstream media understands. They support. They're in the wind because if you hide out long enough, another amnesty plan has come out. Right. Another has come out. For instance, all these children come across the border right now. That's tomorrow's DACA. Because there'll be another DACA tent. Uh, they were brought to the country no father their own. They'll get DACA. They're, they're, they're right now talking about amnesty again. So these people won't hide out long enough till they get a giveaway, some amnesty or some doctor. But the most, the thing that bothers me the most is when they go into the wind and we can't arrest them, we can't find them, many of them will have children. And, and if they're born in this country, you're citizens. So I remember when I was ICE director, I get called from Republican senators saying, why'd you remove that guy, Tom? He had two UFC kids. Why did you choose to arrest him and remove him? Well, sir, because he didn't have two UFC kids when he entered the country illegally, which is a crime. He didn't have two UFC kids when a federal judge ordered him removed after spending billions of dollars on this whole process of immigration enforcement. After all the money we spend on due process, a federal judge ordered him removed. Instead of leaving like he's supposed to, he became a fugitive. Now, you want me to disregard all that? And because he has a child, now he's immune? Now the, now the court order doesn't mean anything? All the money the taxpayers spend on this doesn't mean anything. I said, it's because this is exactly why we'll never fix the border problem. If there's no consequences, if there's no deterrence, why would they stop coming? The bottom line is we have we have to remove those who've been ordered removed. We have to show there's a system of consequences because if we don't, that's going to convince more people to come. And right now, this administration, real quickly, why are they not detaining them? Why are they releasing them? Well, I'll tell you why the reason. Because that same Homeland Security and Vice Secretary report says this, that 9 out of 10 don't qualify. If they're in ICE detention, when they get order removal, they're removed 99.7% of the time. Hmm. However, if they're not in detention, they're removed 6% of the time. That's why we got thousands of empty ICE beds. That's why they're released and put in hotel rooms, because they know 9 out of 10 is going to lose their case. 9 out of 10 will be order removed by a fellow judge. But if we don't detain them, they won't leave. And again, we get back to the whole perpetual power. Future Democratic voters, be counted in the census. This is about some of this country out for future political benefit. It's really sad because in the next administration, if President Trump does become president, we will look for these people removing. And it's and it's hard. You know, I, you know it's hard for a guy like me or the agents that work for me to go to a home and arrest a, a, a lady with three children. Yeah. It's a family group. And especially since she's been here, she had two or three USC kids. You, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really hard. And the thing is, this administration, if they really had a heart, if they really cared about these people like they say they do, then let, let them be held in a family residential center, which we used to go around the trial. Because if you're held in detention or a family residential center, you'll have a hearing within 35 days because the immigration court prioritized those are locked up. So within 35 days, you have an answer. Mm-hmm. A U.S. citizen kid in 35 days. They're not going to develop equities. They're not going to have a home. They're not going to have a job. They're not going to have friends in the neighborhood. They're not going to have a church. You know, 35 days, make a quick decision. They either stay or not, depending on the decision of the court. Right. That's the most. That's the most humane thing to do. Yeah, well, you're even hire more judges so you can get it done in 10 days, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's the fact that it's. So they want to keep saying that you know us on the Trump administration is inhumane. Nothing. There's nothing more inhumane 
than what they were doing right now, like I just told you. Making the promises you make that we're not going to force the laws are going to make the most vulnerable people in the world sell everything they got mm-hmm. and give it to a cartel to come to the greatest nation on earth only to lose their case because they simply don't qualify and they will be removed. That's inhumane. Yes. What's inhumane? Migrants that get sexually assaulted and die making that drug. That's inhumane. Mm-hmm. The only humanity on the border right now are the men and women wearing green. That's only, that's only humanity on the border. I was a board police, and you know I can't tell you how many lunches I pack. I never ate. I give somebody a recipe that I've eaten for. These border police with this group, good groups down in Texas, they're bringing toys from their own kids from their homes to the facilities so these young migrant kids have something to play with. When these kids get sick, they're taking the sicknesses home for their family. The border police are the only humanity on that border. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been down the southern border about a dozen times this past year. And I've seen guys, big, big, burly, poor place, bigger than I, kneeling down beside a little crying girl, by her, you know, a little seven-year-old girl, all by herself, with a group of men who are smuggled as a group, and she don't know anybody there. No one's claiming her. She's not on her own. She's just part of the group because they're getting paid for her. Scared to death. And I saw a big, burly, poor like This girl was terrified, crying, just shaking. And I saw the big, poor place, bigger than I, kneeling down beside her, talking to her in Spanish. And I was listening, I speak Spanish, and he was, he was, he was he, I won't say what he was saying to her, but he was talking to her, and it took about 15 minutes. And that little girl wrapped around her on his neck. And he carried her around the rest of the night. Mm. Father, like a father. These are the men and women who this administration attacked, right? The, the secretary says the horse patrol whipped black migrants. Yeah. It wasn't true. He went and said it anyways, even though he knew they didn't happen. He briefed hours before it didn't happen. You know, in the president, president, Biden, president Biden's first address after he became president, he mentioned it at the end of his address. I watched it. I got so angry. I wanted to break my TV. He said the last administration will watch children starve to death on the banks of the Rio Grande and do nothing about it, which is a stone-cold lie. Borders have saved thousands of lives every year. Mm-hmm. These borders, their mother and fathers, too. Their sons and daughters and brothers and sisters. They don't, they, don't, they don't tear their heart out and, and put it on a wall. The office wants to be, go on patrol. These men and women are affected uh, uh, greatly by this, and, and they're the only humanity on the board. They saved thousands of lives. We've had over 24 in the last two years, over 24 brave border agents have committed suicide. And I'm not saying this out of control border was the sole reason, but with whatever internal struggles they were having, to talk to little girls who were raped constantly, continuously, to, to, see, to, to give CPR to a, a six month old baby that drowned in the river, wow. to talk to women who were sexually assaulted. To see what they see in every day, it certainly has way upon whatever internal struggles they had. So again, men and women, Borbito and Nation's Heroes are the finest one percent this country has. I wore that uniform, I'm proud to wear the uniform. And, that, and that's another reason I fight so hard. If I promise them I'm retired, the men and women of Borbito men and women of Vice, I may be retiring for a second time, uh, but I'll never retire from, from having your six, having your back, I'll always fight for you. And if Trump gets back in office next year, I'm going back and I'll fight for him some more. That's awesome, Tom. And, and, and we need to get out there and make this happen for sure. Um, hey, we have one question from Andrew Dre that's saying, uh, question, does he have any ideas for what people can say to those who don't believe all this is happening? You know, I, you know, I just, I, um, go, go to the CBP website and post some data. Because you know what, just a question you asked my question. Last night, there was, there was a cafe. I, I have a lake house. I'm at a lake house now trying to recuperate. There's a little cafe, and uh, 
She 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 loved to defend the board. She bought my hat. She bought my uh, book, Defend the Border, Save Life. One day I was in off wearing my hat, Defend the Border, and she liked it, read the book, and guess where she could have the hat? She put it on, a, on the counter behind the where she serves food. Just yesterday, you mentioned this not just now, just yesterday, uh, she calls my wife and says some some guy on Yelp sprayed uh, uh, her on Yelp says, you know, I didn't get a chance to try the food, but I'm getting, I, 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 I want to give him zero stars for that. I had him out defend the border. And I don't want to go to a racist place like that, blah, 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 blah. And I, my heart broke for it because she came to an event where I spoke. She heard these stories. She came up to me afterwards and says, I never knew how illegal immigration is connected to the fentanyl, the human trafficking, the sexual assaults. And she became a believer that. Again, she feels bad for people who want to come to this country for a better life. She gets it, but she's concerned about the national security threat, about the safety threat, any of it. So she educated herself. So here's a young man who obviously didn't know anything, just just right away sees a hat, sees defend the border, we're racist, right? So he's probably an anti-Trump, whatever. But you know, it's your business. So he's taxed your business as being racist. How do you how do you make that judgment based on a hat? Yeah. So I actually got I actually got a yell and explained. Um Defend the border, I says, every administration should want to defend the border. Every American should want to defend the border. Mm -hmm. Defend the border lets you have citizens dying for drug overdoses, less parents are losing their children, less migrants are dying, less women are being raped, less, less, less uh, no expected terrorists in the country. This is not about illegal immigration. It's about defending the border and saving lives. So I had to respond to last night. So I, so I, I put a bunch of staff, 86,000 criminals. You know, 272 unexpected terrors. I put this all in this yoke, hoping to educate him. That maybe he reads this and says, okay, he says he got this on the CBP website. Let me see. Here you go to CBP.gov. You'll see the data I gave him. The data has been reported by the Biden administration. So I was, your listeners, talk to your friends. Get the data. Go to the CBP website. Look at the stats and explain the stats. But with an overarching thing that need to explain to people, which I explain to people in every speech I give, I don't care what your opinion is on illegal immigration. If you think we should have let people in and work and fight, fine. You can think that. I, I disagree with that, but fine. But you got to understand when this administration calls a crisis this big, it makes the border vulnerable because border patrol is overwhelmed. Most of them aren't on patrol anymore. That's when the fentanyl kills our young children. That's when the women get sex trafficked. Sex trafficked. That's when that's when you know no suspected terrorists come across. That's when gang members come across. People need to understand. Defend the border shouldn't be a political thing. It should. It should be bipartisan. We every nation in the world defends your border. Yeah, I was out there. Get, tell me one nation in the world doesn't defend their border. We have to defend our border. And look, under President uh, under President Obama, when I was thirty command at ICE, we removed, we deported four hundred nine thousand people, a record, a national record mm -hmm. under President Obama. So every president understands you got to have border security. Because if you don't, you can't have national security. You got to know what's coming across the border, who who they are, or what it is. Whether it's you know uh, weapons of mass destruction, whether it's drugs, whatever it is. This country will have zero national security if we have zero border security. So take immigration out of it. Take your immigration, put it separate, put it on the outside. This is about border security, about protecting Americans, protecting this country. Yeah. So Tom, uh, we just have a question backstage from Kevin. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, hi, John. Is it true that Biden's selling off portions of uh, the uh, wall that haven't been used? I, I, I missed that. Uh, is it true that uh, Joe Biden is selling off some 
panels yes. of the wall that have been used. Yeah. Bond paid for by the taxpayers is selling it for a penny on a dollar uh, to corporations to use, I don't know, probably some construction project. This is already paid for by the taxpayers. And, and what angers me about this, I remember when Jen Psaki stood at the White House podium and she was a spokesperson, and she was asked about, why are you stopping the border watch? Because we're stopping it because the wall is ineffective. It doesn't work. So it's a waste of billions of dollars. It doesn't work. That was a stone cold lie. Because you go to the CBP website, it's there, black and white. Every place they built a border barrier, every place, 100% of the time, illegal immigration was reduced, illegal drug flow was reduced. The data proves it. It's not, the wall is an end all be all, but like I said earlier, it slowed people down, but it stopped mass trafficking with narcotics and utility trucks, and, and it did cause illegal immigration to decrease every place they built a wall. And it funneled some people where there wasn't a wall where they're easily caught by the war show and, and not only arrested in the process, but many were treated medically and saved some lives. Walls work. And and but and it left right now, you know, even some of the even Ron DeSantis, who you know, great 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 president, I mean great uh, governor for Florida, I think he's doing a good job down there. But when he makes the statement that Trump could have done more, he didn't really build four hundred and sixty five miles of wall. He only built a hundred or some because a lot of that is replacement wall. Let's be clear, 464 miles, 465 miles while we're built. Was some of it in replacement of a dilapidated system? Absolutely, yes. Why was that done? Because President Trump didn't decide, I want a wall here, I want a wall here, I want a here. President Trump went to the Border Patrol. Where do you want the wall first? Where's your Where's your most pressing need? So the border said, there's a few occasion boards that look, we got this old fence over here. They're coming through here in droves because it's dilapidated. We need this fixed now because this is where most of the drug traffic is coming through, right here. So he, he tore this old dilapidated thing down that they, you know, that they cut through with, uh, with welding kits. So they took that down and built a wall there. So does that mean he didn't build a new wall? No, he built a new wall. He took the un unaffected barrier that they built 20 years ago that was leaking like a sieve, and he built a wall because Border Patrol says, here's where our problem is. So he built 465 miles of wall. Was summit replacement of a dilapidated system? Absolutely. And why was that? Because Borger said that's where he need it first. That's where the numbers are coming. So they, all these politicians, they take the truth and they, and they spin it and they slant it. And so can I say, you know, Tony says, you know, new wall versus old wall, replacement wall. Say what you want. The wall was built with the men and women of the world. Yes, uh, it's Gus, go ahead. Hey, Tom. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show with us. It was an honor to go on that trip to Israel with you and a couple things here. One, there was a statistic rolling around while we were in Israel. Uh, something about, and Rick, you may remember this, uh, if Tom don't remember, we may not have heard it, but uh, back a couple decades ago, there may be 300 attacks on Israel a, uh, a day, and now it's three in a year some crazy number like that just because of borders and walls it was so phenomenal i put it down i wrote it down somewhere i don't know where i put it but that was one and the other thing was i recently heard that under the biden administration are actually welding border wall gates open and i don't know if you know you hear a no, lot but, of but, but, but what yeah they're actually they're making gates where they can you know bring Again, this administration says the border security and illegal immigration has been decreased, and it hasn't. This administration created a, a, 
an illegal system called CBP One App, which has been, they're being sued by 20 different states. They will lose this lawsuit because they're proing thousands a day in through port of entry. So uh, when family groups and stuff get to a place where there's not a, a they've actually opened gates to let them in to, 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 to claim asylum, which was never done in any other administrations. Yeah, they, they've actually opened gates for them. And not only that, what, they, what, they, what they're doing, what people need to understand, right now, Border Patrol's averaging about 6,500 arrests a day, illegal, coming through port of entry. If you add to that, the people that are illegally bringing through the port of entry, which is about 4,500 a day, we're already over 10,000. That's a record. So they want to go say, well, we're down 50% because we're only catching 6,500 a day. Yeah, but you're bringing 4,000 through a port of entry that don't qualify for asylum. So you're, going, you're making illegal immigration legal. And they're releasing them by the thousands in this country a day. So people need to understand, over 10,000 illegal aliens a day are entering this country. Hmm. The sad thing is, have them with the help of this administration. Yes. And they're ignoring the data. I said earlier that nine out of ten don't qualify. They know they have the same data sets I have. I got it from the DHS website. They know nine out of ten don't qualify. They know only six percent will leave, but they're going to let them in anyway. So it, it's, I'm, I wrote an affidavit to support the twenty states' lawsuits on the on the CBP one app and bring it to the board of entry. They will lose it. The problem is it's got to get to a court quickly. It's been sitting there for six, seven months now, and every every day we wait, there's thousands of more coming. It's, you know, every other every other time we sued them, we had a pretty quick hearing. For some reason, this one's dragging their feet, so we got to get support quickly. Cause I, I, I bet my I bet my life salary on it that they will lose it because parole policy is clear. I'm not an attorney, but I know how to read. When I was the ICE director, you know how many people I paroled into the country in a year and a half? Three. Three. Two were testifying in a cartel hearing as witnesses. One was for a humanitarian uh, heart transplant. No, a liver transplant. Three. Uh, illegal alien had to come get a transplant to a U.S. citizen relative. Let him in to get a transport and went home. Two came here to testify against on the drug uh, cartel case. Three. Tom Homer did three as vice director. They're doing 6000 a day. Hmm. Parole policy says it must be based on a case-by-case analysis. Depending on specifics of the case, there must be a significant public benefit. Well, testifying at a hearing, putting drug dealers in jail, significant public benefit, law enforcement purpose, we did it. Our transplant, humanitarian benefit. But 6,000 a day, they're not doing a case-by-case analysis as the parole statute requires. They will lose us in court. And I said, the Exhibit A should be when Joe Biden was at, at the State of the Union address, and he said, we're going to bring 30,000 a month in under a parole program. That statement alone says he's not doing a case-by-case analysis. That should be Exhibit A. Mm-hmm. So they will lose So this administration, rather than securing the board, they're thinking of these half-baked ideas, how to get how to get them still in the country, but call it some sort of a legal pathway. They call it a legal pathway. It's not a legal pathway. It's illegal. So rather than securing the border and protecting this nation, they must rather work behind the system and create create illegal things and get into the country. Because their bottom line is, this isn't, look, this open border and releasing thousands every day into the United States, this isn't mismanagement. This isn't incompetence. This is by design. They want this to happen. They ran on this. President Biden promises. You got, you know, you got to give the guy credit. He's kept his promise, even though it's, it's harming this country at, at, at a rate that we'll never be able to repair it. But uh, this is by design. They're meant to do this, and they're not apologizing for it. And they haven't done one thing. To slow, they haven't done one thing to slow the flow. Everything they've done, they send more people to the border, process quickly, release quickly, because if there's no overcrowding, 
and, and Fox News drones can't catch overcrowding, then there's no problem here. We can say the board's secure. Prostate quick, release quick, release quick, and that way there's no overcrowding. That's the only thing they concentrate on. All they care about is the optics of the crisis, not the crisis itself. Yeah, that's scary stuff. And so, so Tom, we want we want to move to prayer now uh, for you specifically. We have a bunch of Christian patriots here and a bunch of powerful prayer warriors, including Gus backstage here. Um, is there anything specific for Tom Holman that we want to make sure we lift up? I want you to, rather than Tom Holman, I want you to lift up the men and women wearing that green uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love I love these board choices, and I, I don't mean that in a, you know, in a sarcastic way. I love each and every one of them. I wore that uniform as probably stayed my life. I've talked to hundreds, hundreds of these men and women who are beside themselves. Who 22, I told you earlier, 22 have taken their own lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're seeing terrible things every day. And these are memories. Like I told you, this memory changed my life forever. These guys are seeing this every day. It's going to change them forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I just want to lift them up and give them hope and, and and make them strong because we're saving a lot of lives. And I, I hate to see them retire and quit at record numbers because we they really do save a lot of lives down there. So I would like to, you know, pray for them and give them strength and and, and give them hope that uh, we'll have a change real soon. You know, last time I was in Rio Grande Valley, I was going through a, I was in, no, excuse me, I was in Brooks County, Texas and went through a checkpoint and the board trace on checkpoint recognized me. He said, hey, you're the ice man. I said, yeah. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm done with doing this documentary. He said, can you do me a favor? Can you walk into the station where the middle of shift change? Can you say hi to the guys? Because they could use that little pickup. Everybody's so depressed. The morale's in the tank. I looked at him and says, well, I'd be happy to do that, but I don't want to get you in trouble. I mean, this administration finds out, I walked in and talked to them, they might get upset with you. He said, frankly, sir, then they can fire me. These guys need it. They need a pick They need a pick They need something. Yeah. I walked in there, and there was a ship change. probably about 40, 45 men and women standing there. And I, I talked to them for like 20 minutes, and I told them, I said, look, it's, I get it. That pendulum swings left and right, and I never thought it swing this far to the left, but it has. I said, but just hold on, hope. I'm, I, I pray every day that the right guy gets back in the office, and if he comes back, I come back, and you guys get back to doing your jobs and saving lives. So, uh, so rather than me, I appreciate a prayer for the men and women wearing that green uniform. Awesome. Well, we will do that. And now, sure there's not anything personally that we can add as well, though? No, I'm good. I mean, is that back surgery? I'll be, I, I got to get up. Yeah, the back. I forget, yeah, that, forget about the back. That would be good. So, Gus, would you mind starting out? I'll finish. Anybody wants to pray in between, let me know. Let's raise your hand. Um, let's lift him up. And, Tom, I'm just going to let you know I'm here at Amanda Grace and Chris's house, and they both say hello. They were on the trip with us, and mm-hmm. she said she'd love to have you on her podcast as well mm-hmm. sometime in the future. Well, you, uh, you guys know how to get a hold of me. Make it happen. I'll do it. Yes, sir. All right, Abba Father, we thank you so much for uh, Tom Holman, Lord. He, I mean, he wears his heart right on his sleeve as far as uh, his allegiance to our nation and to this border situation where he's seen it firsthand. Uh, and he's definitely got a heart and resolve for it, Lord, to fix these issues. So we pray for him. We pray for his back to be healed in Jesus' name, that he recovers swiftly so he can get right back to it. Uh, and Lord, as his at his request, Lord, we pray for the men in the green uniform, all the border control agents, Lord. Lord, we pray for divine protection for these agents. 
Uh, we don't like to see situations like with Victor and his losing his partner and things like that. Lord, we don't like to see uh, people, children abused and killed and, and everything that comes with an open border. As Tom so eloquently put and simply put it, Lord, uh, sealed borders save lives. There's no doubt about it, Lord. We just pray that we lift these men up, ask for protection on them. Lord, just bless Tom and bless his family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And anybody else uh, want to want to lift uh, Tom and the border agents up? And we have a lot of prayer warriors back here. I'm going to move into a prayer for all of this too here. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for Tom Holman and uh, so many others. Tom Trenton, uh, Trento, um, Victor, all these all these different uh, people that put their lives on the line for this, and especially all the men in green as he's, he's talked about, that um, are, are being ridiculed even when they are the ones that are doing what's right in your eyes, Lord. So we just pray for them. We pray you lift them up, protect them, not only protect them, but just bless their families and bless them with a, with a new administration. Lord, we, we pray by the power of Jesus' name, the name above all names, and the blood he shed for us, by the power and authority of his blood and his name, we call down all these forces, these spiritual forces that are causing this dysfunction in this nation, Lord. We call down, the, we, we call for binding the rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world, uh, Lord. And we call in angels of all ranking divisions to come across these agents, to come across Tom, come across Victor, Tom, and the whole Defend the Border team, uh, these, this 911, the Border 911 the efforts there. We call for just huge blessings across this, angels that will be around them at all times. Lord, and we, I'm talking about messenger angels, uh, warring angels, as, as, as well as, well as uh, ministering angels, Lord. Just just surround them, allow them to to create a border that is secure and safe and allows people to come into this country that are merit-based and love this country and want to be part of this country, Lord. We pray for divine intervention that all the criminals that have come in, all the fentanyl that's come in, Lord, that you'll expose that completely and allow efficient uh, removal of these people and disempower Thomas. He comes back into office, Lord, that he'll be able to do exactly what you would do um, to be honorable and fair, but also to be efficient in getting uh, the criminals out and keeping those that love this country in. Lord, we just uh, thank you for all his efforts. We thank you for his future, his, uh, his family, um, and protect, protect them. Not only his family, his extended family, his extended team, his future team, that, and give him this massive godly insight and knowledge and wisdom and, uh, that he's going to need as he forms these new teams and new task force and new um, commands that are going to be under our new President Donald J. Trump that comes in here shortly, Lord. We thank you for him, and we just ask for uh, you to just across this nation, Lord, protect all these children and women that are coming across the border. Lord, allow them to be supernaturally protected and expose the cartels and everything they're doing and remove their power in the mighty name of Jesus. We say these things in your name. We love you, Lord. And we say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. God bless you so much. We appreciate you. And uh, we'd love to uh, um, maybe get an update uh, in the future, if you wouldn't mind. Um, you may, maybe maybe two or three months from now or whatever, and um, just keep keep we'll keep you in our prayers, and uh, we we'll empower you to to 
And if everybody uh, backstage wouldn't mind, well, I'll give you the last word, Tom. Anything else that you would? I was just say too. Maybe if anything significant should take place that you feel has merit, you want to get the word out. Maybe we can arrange it. Have you come on? Look, you guys got my number. I'm I'm willing to help be on your show anytime and talk to people. And you can certainly share my information with anybody. It's got a podcast. There's more people we can talk to. The bigger impact we're going to make. Like I said, the whole board nine one is about educating American people on that. And uh, I got a whole team now, so I, but I still do as many podcasts, radio shows. I haven't done Fox in two weeks. I've been laid up, but I should be start doing Fox again by Saturday. So um, I'm, I'm. If you guys give me a venue, I'm there, and I'll talk to whoever many people I can talk to to help spread the message. Sounds awesome. awesome. All right. Hey, the right, guys. Take care. If the bag sit pastry with mine's uh, unmuting and saying goodbye, Tom, and tell them thank you. Yes. Goodbye, yeah, Tom. Thank you for all you are doing. Yes. All the blessings. Good work. Jesus. And may name. God bless you. God bless. God bless. God bless. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. You're awesome. All right. Let's keep praying. Let's keep praying for Tom Holman. And uh, just to let you know what's coming up on the program, we still have um, uh, Project Children Rescue going on backstage next, right? So that's what we'll move into. And then also the training that starts at 7.30 CST for those in the Impactor for Truth. Remember, you can join really quickly at any price that you want to pay into the four-week course that is self-paced, two or three hours a week, and, um, and really where you can understand how to communi- communicate and bond better with your friends and family, how you can red pill them easy, how you can share the reliability of the Bible and the gospel with them. But more importantly, what does God want to use you for? What's your calling? and how can you get engaged with other impactors for truth. That's a beautiful course you can find on blessedteach.com and go to the impactor tab. So we all communicate also on the neighborhood. So I think you guys will really enjoy that if you could go ahead and come to that. I'm gonna show you real quick here on the screen. If you just go to um, neighborhood.com, neighborhood.social, I'm sorry, neighborhood.social, you will see this Christian Patriot platform or this Christian impactor platform right here, neighborhood.social. This also can be downloaded on your phone, right? Whether that is with your um, the, the Apple Play Store or the Google Play Store, it's there, just search neighborhood.social. This is where we're all communing, right, together. And there's a site for impactors there to discuss the course as you go. So these two kind of go hand in hand, the impactor for truth training, because again, equipping the saints is a big part of my mission. And I think you guys really enjoy this uh, several hundred dollar course that you can get for any price that you can that you would like to pay for it as low as seven dollars. And uh, I think you'll find it, find a great value in that and being a much better red pillar. Again, what we really teach is that it's much better to just be expert in two or three things than it is to know 50 things, right? And that's what I train you on is how to get really good at red pilling with two or three things, how to share the reliability of the Bible with two or three things, how to actually and share the gospel with two or three things versus knowing too much and not being good at it. Get great at these small things. And I think that's a, a mistake that a lot of people make when they're trying to wake up their friends. And also bonding, there's very specific specific ways you can build credibility and authority, credibility and likability to be able to influence others and to rebond, understand their personality types. These are all parts of the training you'll find very valuable at blessedteach.com. Go to the training tab. All right, uh, and also the neighborhood.social is where we'll be chatting with each other, uh, connecting with each other, 
Um, I think you really enjoy that as well. So we're going to go backstage right now to do Project Children Rescue. We're going to blow the shofar and pray for the children. Um, and we love about what we just talked about. So please uh, come backstage uh, with us now. You can get that free uh, pay forward model. Again, sign that. You can sign up and just be backstage tonight, right? That would be going to blessedteach.com and hitting the backstage tab. Uh, those are those are things. And so I'll just show that to you guys real quick. Again, so if you go to blessedteach.com and uh, here's where you find the training tab, obviously right here, and here's the backstage tab. And the backstage tab will allow you to come here and do our Zoom groups. There's a lot of other advantages all discussed here on this page once you hit the backstage tab. Uh, we just want to get you involved in this ministry. Um, we just need a lot more people to go make more impact as impactors for truth together, right? As we, as backstagers, as as impactors for truth, make it happen and communicate and uh, work with each other in special in, in separate Zoom groups on neighborhood.social. So that's kind of the platform, blessedteach.com and neighborhood.social. And all the links are right here on backstage, blessed, I'm sorry, on blessedteach.com. You'll see all the links right here. The show notes are on the front page. Everything's at blessedteach.com. So join blessed, um, go to blessed with the number two, teach.com. God bless you guys. And with that, we will see you soon. Remember, stay in faith, not fear. Stay in faith and, uh, and live, live by faith and not sight. That's an important thing. God bless you guys and talk to you soon. We're going backstage right now for PCR, Project Children Rescue.